Hello everyone, thank you for joining me here on The Way of Sobriety. This show is dedicated to sharing who people become and the lessons they learn while living soberly. And by that I mean abstaining from drugs and alcohol or simply living in a sober state of mind. This podcast is sponsored in part by My New Leaf Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing online and smartphone tools designed to maximize personal growth back once more for episode two originally this episode was called something like uh sober or sober-minded i discussed the difference between sober and sober-minded i kind of defined what i meant by sober-minded because a lot of people didn't understand what i was getting at and it gave me a chance to discuss the individuals that live with that mindset today going to go through the same thing. probably won't read much of the transcripts because I'm going to deviate from that quite a bit. I'll hit a few of the points that I had come up with last time or that I had spoken about last time, but I doubt it's going to be much the same. So, eh, here I am. Antoine Banks-Williams. Thanks again for letting me use that song. You're a great artist. I appreciate you. So here we are. Episode 2. Sober or sober-minded. Originally, like I said, I defined it. Not going to read those transcripts. Everybody knows what sober is. And when I say sober, I'm talking about individuals like me. 100% sober. Don't use drugs. Don't use alcohol. 100% sober. That's what works for me. That's what helps me feel best about who I am and how I'm operating in this world. The type of father I'm being, the type of husband I'm being, and the image that I'm presenting to the individuals that know me so that I can call other people to greatness as well, or their greatness, whatever that looks like. Nobody's greatness is the same. Everybody has to strive to be the best self that they can be. Being 100% sober, that's what helps me feel like I'm getting there or like I can move in that direction at my fullest capacity if I get inebriated I'm not able to move forward the way I want to I can't do the things I want to the way I want to do them I'm not living a permanent apology for the wrongs I've done and that is the closest thing to my heart making sure that every day the things I'm doing the man I am in this world is speaking I'm sorry through my actions, through the way I'm living, through the example that I am for my fellow humans. I wish we all tried to operate in that manner a little more. But we're all different. And that's okay. I love all of you anyways. I want the best for all of you. I want the best for everybody. So let's talk about sober-minded for a second. Sober-minded. This would be individuals that aren't habitual users. Alcoholics that say, I'm a functioning alcoholic. Or I'm a functioning pot smoker. Okay. That might be how you're living. But I imagine that the people that are saying this is a functioning alcoholic, that's just who he is, you're probably not giving them 100%. You're probably affecting their lives in a manner that isn't the same as it would be affected if you were not the 
functioning definition. Same thing goes for people that are sober-minded. At least that's how I feel. <clears throat> sober-minded. These are the individuals, like a certain uh, Dr. Carl Hart, professor at Columbia University, I believe it was, who put out a book right around the time that this podcast originally came out. He put out a book talking about his drug use, how he's a, a, a he's been using heroin for years and that that's part of his self-care routine that that's how he stays sober-minded you know he does his he does his work and then he comes home and he does heroin because that's how he mitigates his life stressors and that's what he was propagating that's what he was putting out he was saying that a majority of society they can do that and they don't turn into uh individuals with substance use disorder that leads to negative effects in their lives which may be so for some of them I would wholeheartedly disagree I think that I think that any habitual use you might not think there's negative consequences but I'm sure they're in there if you're able to look right if you're able to actually be honest for a second I bet you'd see them but you'd be able to find them but Dr. Carl Hart was uh, one of my examples for what I said with sober-minded in the original podcast. Sober-minded being, we do our 9 to 5, and then we come home and we get inebriated to mitigate our stressors, to get rid of our stress. And originally I said, there you go, there's sober-minded individuals, and I'll have some of them on this show, and that's just the way the life goes, and some people live that way, and that's great, but that's not me, and that's not how I choose to live, and that's okay, and I still love you. However, I think it's really sad <clears throat> that our society is creating this narrative the younger generations that are coming up after us of drugs and alcohol are an okay part of life and that as you grow up and life gets stressful use drugs and alcohol to get rid of your stress that's what we're telling kids by living that way, that's what we're telling little kids. And yeah, like Dr. Carl Hart points out, statistics show that most individuals don't become deplorable substance use disorder individuals that are negatively impacting their surroundings, i.e. committing crimes, felonies, hurting individuals, and the like. But... If there's 10 individuals that grow up and they continue to propagate this idea of using to mitigate their stressors and they don't commit a crime and they don't have a drastic wake of negative trauma behind themselves, does that outweigh the smaller minority of individuals that do end up creating a drastic wake of trauma behind themselves because of their habitual use or because of their sober-minded use that turns into a major problem in their lives? I don't think so. 
I think that the individuals that are okay with using the way that Dr. Carl Hart speaks, I don't think that their lack of trauma trumps or fixes the scales against the massive black cloud of negativity that comes on the heels of someone living through major adversity that they cause themselves but still major adversity and it's really sad to me that we're pushing this on little kids now I grew up with that as my core belief also I for there were people in my life that didn't directly tell me go to work get a job come home get drunk do drugs but that's what I saw sometimes so I took it into my mind and th thought, you know what? Whenever I graduate, I'm going to get a 9 to 5 at a factory. And when I'm bored, when I'm stressed, when I'm not at work, I'm going to do drugs. And guess where that led me? Straight to the gutter. Straight to causing a crazy amount of of tragedy in other people's lives I created trauma I became a terrible example of what an adult man should be living as and these are these facts about who I once was it's the reason why I live the way I live today. To say I'm sorry every day through my personality, my actions, and the way I live. And wouldn't it have been so much nicer if I wouldn't have grown up with these ideas of get a 9 to 5, come home, get shit-faced. Get a 9 to 5, get a college degree, do drugs and alcohol on the weekends imagine if I hadn't grown up with those thoughts imagine if I had skipped all that and all that adversity and all that trauma and I had just had it in my head that you know every day you have a chance to make a positive impact on the people around you every day you have the chance to wake up grow become a better person and do something kind and do something positive and change the world imagine how much different my late teens early 20s into my 30s would have been now imagine that imagine how much different the world would be if every child that was growing up in our world didn't have the possibility being that minority, as Dr. Carl Hart says, imagine if every child could skip all of the adversity that they create, all of the hardship they create, all of the negative consequences they create. Imagine if they could skip all that and just go about their lives immediately doing good things changing the world in positive ways being great people
That's what we need. That's what I want us to see. That's why I don't agree with the idea of using drugs and alcohol to stay sober-minded. Although some people do that, and that works for you, and I still love you, but I don't agree. I think we can do better. I think we can do better for our descendants, for the future, for humanity as a whole. I think that there are activities in this world that mitigate stressors with just the same efficacy as drugs and alcohol that don't potentially cause a bad reaction or a bad they're just not bad for our society yoga creating music art of any sort taking hikes meditating writing poetry exercising lifting weights playing basketball swinging on a swing set jumping on a trampoline sitting next to a campfire there's thousands of activities in this world that can be positive for our lives and reduce our stress levels and they don't have the potential to negatively affect other people in such drastic ways as drugs and alcohol why aren't we pushing those for our children more so than the drugs and alcohol why aren't we teaching children those things rather than writing books about how I'm a great professor who comes home on the weekends and shoots heroin because that's how I get rid of my stress kids that's what we do what kind of a humanity are we building what kind of a legacy are we leaving behind it matters it really matters and kids adults whoever's listening you know I have this notebook and I'm going to start referencing it once in a while at a at the time of my life where I was going through my greatest hardship I started writing down quotes that were most influential that kind of tweaked my perspective on the world in a certain manner and meant something to me and the very first quote I put in this notebook was by Dan Brown I believe his name is and the lost symbol was the book I think I don't have the notebook sitting in front of me to be able to read it directly but he wrote knowledge is a tool and like all tools its impact is in the hands of the user and we all have the choice to do what we want with the tools we're given first of all I challenge everybody what kind of tools are you implanting in the minds of the people around you and how are you using your tools in a positive way to change the world and when I read this the first time it was just in a random fiction novel it wasn't an influential self-help sort of book it was just a sentence out of a fiction novel 
But I read it and I thought, everything I hear and everything I'm given, it's up to me to decide how I'm going to use it. And it's up to me to decide what everything I hear means to me. Each of us is given this tool of knowledge and wisdom. And the way you choose to let that wisdom be utilized in your daily life is what's going to impact your future and impact the lives of the people around you. So we might now all have this tool that Carl Hart talks about of this is how you can be sober minded. That you could just use drugs and alcohol and it'll help mitigate your stressors. And yeah, maybe it will for a time. But are you going to be the person that takes that knowledge and just goes off the deep end? You don't know. Nobody knows whether their personality is going to lead them to a substance use disorder that creates a negative lifestyle for them and trauma for everybody else around them. But there's another tool for everybody. There's a possibility that by taking the knowledge that you're given and just trying it out, it's a possibility that you might not be choosing the road that you want to choose. We all have the choice to use the wisdom we're given or to brush it off. We all have the choice in how we're going to operate and how we're going to live. Sober, sober-minded. You want to be 100% sober? You want to be sober-minded? I don't really care what you do. That's your life. You got to live it. You're the person that's creating the reality you're living in. You're the person that's affecting the reality of the others that are living amongst your reality that you're living in. I don't really... That's, that's not up to me to change your reality can't do that all I can do is change mine and do what I'm gonna do to be the man I want to be but I'll tell you I'm choosing to be sober and I'm choosing to raise my children in a sober home my wife and I don't keep alcohol in our house my wife and I don't do drugs we're not getting medical marijuana cards when I didn't know all that what we do to mitigate our stressors is take a walk Go to a play, exercise, build things around our house, watch our kids play in the yard, watch a movie, talk to each other, go on a date. That's what we're raising our children to to understand. This is the reality we're creating for our kids. And the core belief we're building for them is that drugs and alcohol, yes, some people use them. But there's a good possibility it'll throw your life into a whirlwind of terrible consequences. It's a waste of your money. It's a waste of your efforts. And there's so many more things in this world 
that can decrease the amount of stress you have in a beautiful way that aren't potentially going to hurt others. And that's where we want our children to live because that's what we believe is best for them. I'll call everybody to do that. That's what I'd love to see. All this extra, it's not necessary. Fighting for legalization so that people can just use drugs to mitigate their stressors, is it necessary? Is it really the only thing that you can do to mitigate your stress, to get rid of your stressors? I don't think so. There's so much more out there. There's a reality in for you that could be so different than what you're living right now if those are the things you're doing on your weekends, on your time off of work. Then what if you're missing out? What if you're not affecting the lives around you in the way that you could be affecting them if you weren't doing those things? It's pretty interesting to think about. What legacy are you leaving behind? What kind of adult are you going to be? What kind of life are you helping others to experience? It all matters. What are you doing with the tools in your toolbox? Are you taking facts that people like Dr. Carl Hart are giving out that say, yeah, go get a nine to five. Get inebriated on the weekends. That'll get rid of your stress. Are you taking those tools that they're trying to give you, that knowledge they're trying to give you? Are you taking it, prescribing to that, and running with it? Or are you listening to that tool, that knowledge, and saying, that tool's going to stay in my toolbox because I don't trust it. It's reckless. I'm worried that I'm going to use that chainsaw. It's going to flip around and chop my arm off. I don't want to use that drill because every time I use it, stuff comes flying off. It hits me in the face. Metaphors. How are you handling your tools? How are you handling the knowledge that you're given? Some of it, some of the knowledge we're given, you get the best impact out of it by just throwing it out. At least that's what I believe. <clears throat> well, everybody, one cut, everybody knows the rules. My time's coming up. I'm going to shut this podcast off. I'm going to go be reunited with my daughter who I set up with a cartoon so I could record this for you guys. And I'm going to enjoy my time watching my daughter live. And I'm going to be sober doing it. And I'm going to know that she's not building a core belief that it's okay to get inebriated to get rid of your stress. Makes me feel good. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. That's how I want to raise my children. That's the one of the differences that I'm making in this world. What about you? Do you have any idea? How do you want to change the world? Do you have any thoughts? Is there anything you're doing every day that maybe you should reconsider? 
Do you have any core beliefs that are in your toolbox that maybe you should change the way you're using them so that their impact is a little different? Challenge yourself. Every day, challenge yourself so that when you go to bed at night, you can answer the question of, how did I grow today? What did I do for a positive impact on the world around me today? Do that. Over time, you'll see crazy, crazy change in the human that you are. And I'm not saying that you're a bad person right now. But I'm saying that if you live your day to grow and try and make a positive impact, that over time, even the smallest bits every day are epic over long periods of time. And that you'll surprise yourself at where you end up. I'm going to play you a little clip of my good friend Stephanie Steve's song, Heart Still Beating. Because I love it. It's a great song. It really hits me. It's inspirational and it makes me feel good. It reminds me that my little growth every day is making a difference. And then when I look in the rearview mirror, pretty damn proud of who I am today. Pretty damn proud of the way I'm changing my world. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back for episode three as soon as possible. you want to hear the rest of it you got to go to bandcamp.com and look up town t-o-w-n-e this song will hit you in the feels and it'll inspire you to continue to stay strong every day when you're trying to make a difference and every night whenever you're going to sleep and wondering how did i change my world today how did i become a better person today stay strong don't give up on yourself and continue to persevere Beautiful things are coming for your life. I promise you that. I love you guys.